0: The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So every day we get up and and we get dressed before leaving our homes to go to work or school or out to whatever business we have to take care of for the day. And this time of year, Getting dressed is a little bit more involved than other times of year and other seasons because instead of just a shirt and pants, we're also grabbing for a sweater and a coat and maybe sometimes a scarf and some gloves. Uh, you never know. You know, and though not all of that is often required here near the water, there are many places where all of that and many more layers are required this time of year. Uh, because of all of that that wintry, cold air. And so whether it's a t-shirt and jeans or hat, gloves, and a winter coat, every day we clothe ourselves before heading out It's wherever we're going. Now, uh, switching gears a little, I'm sure that many of you will hate to be reminded of this, but right now, at this very moment, the Seahawks are playing in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, earlier this morning... Uh, before setting foot on the field, Uh, each one of the players uh, had to get ready. Each one of them had to get suited up with all of their gear, their great big shoulder pads, their helmets, and face masks. And only then, once they were all geared up, were they ready to go out and play the game that perhaps some of you will tune into later on. Um, Another story. Caitlin and I used to live pretty much right across the street from a fire station, and we would hear the sirens go off at all hours. Uh, daytime, nighttime, it didn't matter. It's a fire station, right? But as a kid, I remember thinking how how cool firefighters were. And I remember going and touring a fire station one time. And I'll never forget getting to try on one of those fireproof jackets. And those things are heavy. They are really heavy. And, and in fact, uh, a firefighter's gear, the jacket, the pants, the boots, the helmet, the oxygen tank that they have to wear, can, can weigh up to around 50 pounds. And depending on what other kinds of tools they might be carting around with them, they can end up carrying around nearly 75 pounds of gear when they're suited up, and they have to be able to jump into that 50 to 75 pounds of gear at a moment's notice, and then the sirens start blaring, right? So what do all of these things have in common? What what am I getting at? Well, fire jackets, football helmets, and winter coats, all exist for a reason they all exist because our bodies are vulnerable without winter coats our skin is vulnerable to the cold and to the wet of the winter without shoulder pads and helmets football players are even more vulnerable to dislocated joints and concussions and without all of their gear Firefighters would be vulnerable to almost certain death anytime that they ran into a burning building. And all of these things exist for this reason. Our bodies are vulnerable. You don't even have to be playing football, fighting fires, or going out into a winter storm to know this. Anyone who's ever stubbed their toe knows that our bodies are vulnerable. And the reality of this vulnerability that we carry around with us every day makes the passage that we have just read and dwelt in together all the more stunning to reflect on. Because football players need their helmets to safely win the game. And firefighters need those heavy jackets in order to put out the fire. And warriors need armor in order to fight battles. But when God comes to establish his kingdom on earth, he does not arrive with heavy gear and strong armor. When he comes, it is in the vulnerability Of flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And it's not only this, He didn't just arrive in flesh, He arrived in some of the most vulnerable flesh that there is a human baby. One of the only creatures that is completely helpless. At birth, most creatures are born, they can walk or they can move around, they can do a little bit of taking care of themselves. Babies can't. They can't even lift their head for the first few months. You know, Jesus could have come down from heaven as a full grown adult, right? I mean, he could have done that, done all of his ministry and teaching and everything. But he didn't. When God became flesh, he came the same way we all do. First, taking form in Mary's womb. And then as a vulnerable baby, dependent on his parents' care. And then growing into a child who went to school and played games as a teenager, learned a trade, started working... You know, eventually as a man who would travel and teach. And it's crazy to think about all of this. I mean, Jesus probably woke Mary and Joseph up in the middle of the night when he was crying and needed to be nursed. Jesus did that. Jesus probably scraped his knee as a child when he was playing games with other children. Jesus went through puberty. He did. And it makes me wonder, what did his voice sound like when it changed? Was it squeaky and did it crack like other middle school boys? Did he have acne on his face? You know, we can keep wandering through Jesus' life and ask about these things. And though the Gospels don't tell us these stories these moments in his life are not insignificant. Because it is not only Jesus' ministry and teaching that are important. It's not even only his death and resurrection that are important. Jesus' entire life is important. This, I think, is what our passage means when it says that the word did not only become flesh, but the word became flesh and dwelt among us, made his dwelling among us. The Gospel of Matthew sums it up in that word Emmanuel. God with us is what it means and this is the longing of this season of advent come o oh come emmanuel ransom captive israel and when he did come it was not brief or partial but the word took on flesh and lived a full human life from the womb to the tomb. The book of Hebrews explains the significance of this. It says, We do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way as we have, and yet he was without sin. You see, Jesus is our high priest, but he doesn't dwell far away in some distant temple. He has made his dwelling among us. Jesus is the priest who hears our confessions, but he does not scoff at our sins and sorrows in judgment, for he has been tempted in every way, just as we have. Jesus is the priest who makes sacrifices for our sins, but the sacrifice he's made is not goats and bulls. It's his own body and blood. He has sacrificed his own self. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I think this is perhaps one of the most startling things about the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. There's a pastor named Tim Keller who was preaching on this once, and and he told this story talking about the Genovese syndrome. Have any of you heard of this? Uh, it, It gets its name from the murder of a woman whose name was Kitty Genovese. And, and this happened in 1964. She was walking home one evening, and she was attacked. And she let out a great big scream. And lights came on in some apartment windows nearby when she was attacked. And someone reportedly even shouted out of one of the windows, Hey, leave her alone. And the attacker kind of fled and ran away. But no one came down to help her. And she screamed again, he stabbed me, please help. But still no one came down to help her. And after a while, the attacker came back and he finished it off. And after her body was found, the investigation revealed that there were many passive stand uh, bystanders who we were vaguely aware that someone was being attacked out there, down on the street. But not one of them had answered her cries for help. And in the 50 years since this incident took place, that bystander reaction has come to be known as the Genovese Syndrome. And you find it in social psychology textbooks and things like that. And the question that resounds is this. Why did no one respond? Why did no one come down to help her? But I think the answer to that question is actually really simple because it's what we've been talking about all morning. No one responded Because to come down and confront her attacker would be to become vulnerable. Whoever came down would risk being attacked themselves. And so they all remained in the safety of their apartments. But the story of Christmas is that God heard our cries. And he did come down. The word became flesh, and he made himself vulnerable. He came to rescue us. And unlike the bystanders in that story, when Jesus came down, he was not only at risk of being attacked, He knew he would be killed. For he came on a mission toward the cross. Jesus himself said that he came to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus told his disciples repeatedly that he must suffer many things, be rejected, and be killed. So the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh and gave Himself for us. Paul tells the story in some other words this way in Colossians. He writes, God was pleased to have all of His fullness dwell in Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood, which was shed on the cross. He writes, once you were alienated from God, and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. And so by the death of his body, Jesus has made peace. And by the resurrection of his body, God has raised up with him all who call on his name. And then after his resurrection, Jesus continues to hold out this promise of being with us. We've already talked about at the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, we see that word Emmanuel, God with us. But if you fast forward to the end of the Gospel of Matthew, we hear Jesus saying to his disciples, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, he says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And every week, we are sent from here with that very same word, go. Go in peace. Go. And when we go from here, we go on a mission. We leave the safety and security of these walls, and we cross the street to answer the cries of a hurting world when we go, we too become vulnerable because we are the ones who follow the vulnerable God. And in this way, the Word is still becoming flesh today. As all the people of God live their lives and make our dwelling among our neighbors and our coworkers among friends and family among even strangers and enemies all the while we are sent to proclaim this good news in both our words and our actions and we hold on to that promise surely i am with you to the end of the age And so through this season of Advent, we wait for the end of that age. We long for the day when God will be with us in all of His fullness. The day that we read in our opening reading when God's dwelling place will be among the people and He will dwell With them. It says, when they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God, that day when he will wipe every tear from our eyes, that day when there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, that day when the old order of things has passed away, that day when all things will be made new. And so until that day comes, we wait, we watch, and we wonder at the Word who became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And so just as we have for the past several weeks, I want to invite you now into a posture of prayer, whatever that may be for you. And I want to take a moment to marvel At this incredible thing, that the Word has become flesh among us. And so, whether it's closing your eyes or whatever it is, just take a moment. Oh Lord, we thank you that you are a God who did not remain distant but you are a God who has drawn near to us. You're a God who speaks all languages, even body language. In this place of prayer, I invite you to consider what are the places in your own life that feel vulnerable, where you may be afraid, where there is some measure of suffering and pain. Lord, we bring those places to you. We thank you that you dwell with us in them, offering your healing touch. I invite you also to consider what are the places around you, the people around you who are vulnerable. How might God be calling you to dwell with them? Lord God, I pray that you would equip and empower us to be a people who do not dwell in fear and cower in the comfort and safety of our own places, but give us courage to dwell among the world with those who are hurting and with those who are in need. Lord, in this season, we ponder and wonder and marvel at the reality that you, our God, has become flesh, that you would come and dwell among us. And so may our hearts be humbled. as we marvel at this wonder. In Jesus' name, amen.